There hasn't been a really coherent investment thesis all year other than momentum trading. I, I've been quite clear from the beginning that what we've been seeing is sort of um, the January effect on steroids. We came to a very ugly close in 2022. You're listening to IBKR Podcasts. Find more conversations at ibkrpodcasts.com. The following podcast contains options-related material. Prior to listening to today's podcast, all listeners should read and familiarize themselves with the characteristics and risks of standardized options, or ODD, which may be accessed through the link found in the show's notes or podcast description page. Please remember any trading discussions are for information purposes only and are not intended to portray recommendations. Please listen to further disclosures at the end of today's episode. Now, welcome to our show. Welcome, everybody, to Interactive Brokers Podcast. This is Andrew Wilkinson with me here in Greenwich, Connecticut. Chief Market Strategist, Steve Sosnick. How are you, Steve? I'm good, thanks, Andrew. How about yourself? Very good, thank you. To start the week off down in West Palm Beach office, we have Senior Economist Jose Torres. How are you doing, Jose? Good morning, Andrew. Doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right, thank you. And finally, it's the top of the evening over in Singapore. We have... Guillaume Rouchabert joining us for the first time today. How are you, Guillaume? I am very good. Thank you, Andrew. Okay, let's get into uh, this week's discussion uh, about markets and all things important to investors uh, at Interactive Brokers. So let's just set the, back, the background here. We had a huge week last week. We had the Federal Reserve raise interest rates by 25 basis points. And then right out of the gate Friday morning, we had a huge employment gain of 517,000 jobs. So it was taken at the time as a bit of a black eye, but the bull came back Friday morning, was bruised, not deterred, and then had a rethink. Steve, how's it looking to begin the week? And let me just let me pose this question to you. You know, most most of the equity market action was predicated on the prospect of interest rate cuts before the end of 2023. And I think we're having a bit of a rethink on that front to begin the week. Is 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 a rate cut a realistic prospect in your opinion? And is the stock market maybe getting a bit ahead of itself? It's a lot to unpack in the question. We're just uh, so everybody listening realizes we're taping this prior to the open Monday morning. So, you know, that we know there's a little bit of a delay in when you might be listening to this. I was never in the camp that the Fed was going to cut imminently. I mean, how, how many times do they have to tell you the same thing over and over again? My, I, I, the only thing I've been relatively consistent about in terms of cutting is if they do have to cut, it's for reasons that, that are thoroughly equity market unfriendly. It, if we get a recession, they'll cut. If we don't get a recession, there's no reason for them to do so. This strengthens that argument. The, the labor market, remember, the Fed has a dual mandate, stable prices and full employment. I think it's undeniable that we're at full employment or even past full employment. I'll let Jose weigh in on, on that one as an economist. But And stable prices, they're getting stabler, but they're not stable. Lower inflation still means that prices are rising. Remember, in the, the change in inflation is a second derivative. Inflation is the first derivative of prices, the delta, as it were, for you option traders out there. So inflation is the change, the change in prices, changes in the inflation rate, are the change in the change in prices. As those slow down, that helps the Fed. It's good, but that isn't enough to say all clear. The bond market is still pricing this in, though. The, the Fed fund futures have it. I usually defer to the Fed fund futures people when it comes to the economy. And so that makes me think that they are extraordinarily bearish about a recession, as is the, you know, the, we, we could spend all all, after, all morning ta discussing the ways with various inversions. But that's a long-winded answer to um, 
you know, to your question. Jose, let's turn to you. Let's not talk about the jobs report as much. I mean, it's difficult to have a recession without a loss of jobs, and that just doesn't seem to be happening. Let's turn to the inflation side. The Fed's raised in, uh, interest rates last week by another 25 basis points, promised additional increases, with the post-meeting focus seems to be on the arrival of disinflation. That was the big thing last week, was it not? Where are you seeing prices fall within the data? And is it enough to hope that inflation will slow far enough to enable the Fed to stop its tightening bias? Unfortunately, I think there is too much optimism out there. The only place where I see sharp disinflation is in goods. And actually, since October, with financial conditions loosening and interest rates softening a bit, I'm actually starting to see short-term measures of goods prices go back up. And Chair Powell referenced this. He spoke about transitory the other way and about prematurely declaring victory on the inflationary front too early. He, he spoke about how history cautions against that. Arthur Burns and Paul Volcker both dealt with that in the 1970s and 80s. And services just remain very strong, driven by a labor market. We, we actually were seeing the two-year yield is at higher levels than before Powell started speaking last week, right? So we're seeing a market that's now looking like it's going to be more focused on earnings and interest rates rather than what the Fed is actually saying. Because from what I can see, the jobs report outweighed everything that Powell said. So it should be an interesting week ahead. Okay, Steve, huge risk on field last week. We've had a big rally in tech the tech sector and the NASDAQ. What, what's going on? What's your opinion there? Is, is the January employment data really a black eye for bullish investors at this point? There hasn't been a really coherent investment thesis all year other than momentum trading. I, I've been quite clear from the beginning that what we've been seeing is sort of um, the January effect on steroids. We came to a very ugly close in 2022. There were a lot of tax losses to be taken before year end. And so that led to very good price action as we started the year. Earnings, I will say, are a contributing factor, better than feared. Once you get down to it, I, I don't know that there was much, I, I don't really know what this rally was predicated on other than price action feeding upon other price action, which is why you've seen the most heavily shorted stocks rally the most, why you've seen, company, for the most part, companies without a lot of earnings rallying the most, which is why we've seen cryptos leading the way. It's sort of like, let's whip out the 2021 playbook, except for the inconvenient fact that the Fed is is raising rates and withdrawing liquidity through QT. So, you know, momentum, momentum still has its role. And, you know, I, I'm seeing it pre-market here Monday morning where we were selling off, you know, early and then we're getting this sort of the usual, let's bounce, let's try to bounce it right into the open a little bit. Let's come off the lows. You're still seeing that behavior, you know, nothing to change psychology like price action in many ways. And that's, I think, what's going on. I remain pretty skeptical at this point. We're, we've come a long way in a short period of time. And I, and I do think that we might be a bit ahead of ourselves. Jose, is the labor market still way too tight to believe that the tightening cycle's over? Absolutely. Unemployment is down to levels not seen since 1969. Job openings are rising. They're almost two to one in terms of job openings versus folks that are unemployed. Wage growth is still accelerating at a fast rate, about 0.3%, which is inconsistent with the Fed's 2% target. The labor market and services are those stickier elements of inflation. And that's going to, as the Fed continues to tighten, it's going to be, those are going to be the last, those are lagging indicators to be affected, where things like goods and real estate, interest rate sensitive sectors, those were seeing significant weakness early on. Uh, and that's what I'd expect. 
In terms of when we'll see higher unemployment, I think that we're, we're seeing some structural changes in the labor market. A lot of it due to COVID. You had excess retirements. You still have a skills mismatch between employers and employees. Uh, you have folks that are discouraged about income and growth prospects, and that's weighing on the labor force participation rate. And unfortunately, those structural headwinds of the labor market serve against the Fed's battle in bringing down inflation. Let's bring Guillaume in. Guillaume, you've got a unique perspective amongst this team gathered today because you're sitting in Singapore. What would you ask the guys? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I would be very curious as here in Asia, we are very sensitive to currency moves. So uh, I'd like to start maybe, I mean, to ask both of you, but maybe to start with uh, Jose on the question between the relationship with the uh, interest rates and the um, and the impact on the on the dollar, especially like since the Fed, the Bank of England and ECB, has, they have all raised interest rates last week. So should we expect any dollar impact from the divergent pace of monetary tightening? especially? I think so, because the U.S. coming out of COVID did provide more monetary and fiscal stimulus than all other developed nations around the world. So they have more tightening to do. And I think that the dollar weakness that we saw ending in 2022, we're going to see an, an, another leg higher in the dollar just because the market isn't ready to accept that the Fed isn't going to cut this year, even though they keep repeating it. And that the Fed may have to sneak in an additional 25 basis points that the market isn't pricing in to leave the terminal rate uh, somewhere around the 5354. Uh, thank you very much, Rossi. It's very interesting. I'd like to know also what, what Steve, do you, do you think about it? Again, I go back to the momentum theme. The dollar got very, very strong, you know, into into late 2022. Markets are very trend driven. And the fact that we have increasing number of short-term derivatives that allow us to reinforce those trends are definitely making us even more momentum-oriented than we were. I will admit I took advantage of the extraordinarily strong dollar by going to Europe. I went to France and England and, you know, was charging things at below parity on the euro, which was, and uh, roughly parity on the, on the pound, which was incredible. But, you know, that seemed unsustainable. So then we get the knee-jerk rally. Currencies tend to trend, so we overshot in the other direction. But you look at the move we had on Friday, that was you know, what I would consider a, a fairly key reversal in terms of the dollar's trend. You know, the, I, I don't disagree at all with Jose on the fundamentals. Um, you know, I think the perception was the U.S. was further, further ahead, so the other countries had room to catch up. Um, England also, remember, had a bit of a self you know, self-imposed error uh, when it came to, you know, their own macroeconomic problems with the guilt crisis at the end of the third quarter. All these were contributing factors. And I and I, I know it's like the biggest cop-out to say weather is, can be affected, but the weather helped. Europe, Europe dodged a huge bullet in terms of having relatively warm weather, which meant that energy supplies were plentiful, which meant that, you know, again, the European economic situation was better than feared. And so, you know, you get some positive momentum in in the in the euro you get some positive momentum in the pound the yen got far too stretched well if you've got the euro the pound the yen all moving in one direction that becomes a trend for the dollar against a wide range of currencies and that's i think kind of where where we found ourselves and now all of a sudden this hoped for uh, change in america in us in us monitor in us interest rate policy i should say seems a bit further off and so here you have the, a bit of you you saw the big move in the dollar on friday and continuing to some extent this morning and we'll see how that how far that takes us 
Great. Gentlemen, thank you ever so much. Let's get on with the trading week. Guillaume, going to take a break. Thanks for joining us, Steve and Jose, as ever, a pleasure. Don't forget, folks, check us out at ibcarpodcast.com. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to IBKR Podcasts. As always, we have more episodes at ibkrpodcast.com. And if you're interested in learning more about interactive brokers, visit ibkr.com. We offer more trading education material, such as webinars at ibkrwebinars.com, financial and economic commentary at tradersinsight.news, market-related courses at tradersacademy.online, and quant-related articles at ibkrquant.com. The analysis in this material is provided for information only and is not and should not be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any security. To the extent that this material discusses general market activity, industry or sector trends, or other broad-based economic or political conditions, it should not be construed as research or investment advice. To the extent that it includes references to specific securities, commodities, currencies, or other instruments, those references do not constitute a recommendation by IBKR to buy, sell, or hold such investments. The material does not and is not intended to take into account the particular financial conditions, investment objectives, or requirements of individual customers. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and is necessary, seek professional advice. Options involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. For more information, read the characteristics and risks of standardized options, or ODD, which may be accessed through the link found in the show's notes or podcast description page. Trading in digital assets, including cryptocurrencies, is especially risky and is only for individuals with a high risk tolerance and the financial ability to sustain losses. Eligibility to trade in digital asset products may vary based on jurisdiction. There's a substantial risk of loss in foreign exchange trading. The settlement date of foreign exchange trades can vary due to time zone differences and bank holidays. The interest rate on borrowed funds must be considered when computing the cost of trades across multiple markets. 